0: Hey, it's Ophira, and I want to tell you about something super exciting. Because of popular demand, Ask Me Another is returning to Los Angeles with not one, but two back-to-back live shows at the Ace Hotel Theater on August 17th and 18th. We're going to have celebrity guests, live music, trivia, word games, puzzles, you name it, we've got it. And because it's live, anything can happen. Don't miss it. Information at amatickets.org. Hey there, I'm Hannah Rosen, and I wanted to let you know that Invisibilia is back on June 1st. This season, we're asking the question, how is it that two people can look at the exact same thing and see something completely different? You can listen and subscribe to Invisibilia on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye.
1: Warning, this podcast uses some unsavory language. Please be advised. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. We have a great show for you. Today, we have four contestants who are returning to Ask Me Another for a second chance. One of these contestants will achieve redemption. The other three will get to lose a second time. (laughs) And our special guest tonight is comedian Kathleen Madigan. She was originally a journalist, but then got into comedy because she wanted a job where there was less heckling. (laughs) Our first two returning contestants will get to experience what it's like to read our inbox. Let's say hello to Sonny Farnsworth on buzzer number one. You are a sales representative for a sex toy manufacturer. Welcome back. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good to have you back. And to refresh, uh, you're a sales rep. But I know that you were at two big trade shows yes. in your industry in L.A. Now, I've only ever been to comic book conventions. How similar are sex toy... <laughs>
2: Uh, pretty similar. We have a lot of fun. Uh, the industry I work in is pretty small, so everybody knows each other. It feels almost like a high school reunion. You get to see
0: all your friends. So It sounds like a friendly business, I'm just going to say. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if sex toy manufacturer uh, salespeople are like, you know, uh, cutthroat with each other, it seems like you're missing the spirit of the industry. Oh, for sure. <laughs> your opponent is Scott Wotanik on buzzer number two. Scott, you work in printing and office supply wholesale, and as we learned on your last appearance, you are often mistaken for a vampire.
3: That's true, yes.
0: (laughs) Welcome back. Thanks. It's great to be here. (laughs) Scott, now you didn't mention this, that you kind of grew up in a trivia family because your father would create his own trivia and puzzles for you every Christmas?
3: Yeah, well, this is actually the last year. um, (laughs) He prefaced
0: it by saying, Scott's turning 30 this year. And I'm like, great, another thing that's going away when I'm 30. What else is going to leave when you're 30? I think my hair is starting to go. I found gray (laughs) ones when I was 24 in the office mirror, and that was really depressing. Because it wasn't even my own mirror. Yeah. (laughs) Let me tell you, there's nothing sadder than an office mirror. Oh. No, yeah. it's going to get even better. It gets, I, I hope it, so. Yeah, it gets better yeah. and better. Just wait
1: till you're in your mid-40s, Scott. Everything comes back. <laughs> it all comes back.
0: We're going to start with a trivia game called The Complaint Department. This episode isn't just a second chance for our contestants. It's a second chance for us to address some listener complaints we've received over the years.
1: In this game, we'll read some real corrections and complaints, but each message has one word removed. Buzz in to fill in the blank. Here we go.
0: Quote, I was a little horrified that NPR would make such an elementary mistake. The third capital of South Africa is, in fact, Bloemfontein, not blank, which is the biggest city in the nation and a commercial hub. Sunny. Johannesburg? That is correct.
1: A listener wrote in about a game where we asked about TV characters' professions. The question was about Ross Geller from Friends. The contestant guessed geologist, and Art Chung did not accept this answer. So then the listener wrote, Ross Geller from Friends is indeed a geologist. My PhD is also in blank, but the diploma says geology. Sunny. Archaeology? No, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Scott, do you know the answer? Paleontology? Yeah, that's right. Ross Geller, a paleontologist.
0: Yeah. Not a geologist. No, and th- I guess we just found out that this guy has a misprint on his diploma. That's <laughs> so weird. This listener wrote in response to a discussion about bicycle fashion. Quote, only amateurs wear blank under their cycling shorts. As for time spent off the bike, well, that's personal preference. Scott. Underwear. Underwear is correct. Yeah. Here's a quote. Please
1: ask your research staff to do a little more research. (laughs) (laughs) Blank is not and never was a battlefield. It was where Washington's troops encamped outside of Philadelphia for a winter. Scott. Gettysburg. No, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Sonny, do you know the answer? No. You're making a face as if the answer is no.
0: No, the answer is no. Okay.
1: Does anybody know the answer? Valley Forge is what we were looking for, that's right.
0: Yep. Uh, But to be clear, love is still a battlefield. (laughs) And uh, joke's on this person, because we don't have a research staff. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, you refer to the price of the HMS blank, which sank in 1912. It's actually called the RMS blank. Sonny, Titanic. Yes, that is correct. All right, this is your last clue. A listener responded to a game where every answer contained the word jack. The quote, there was a question, fruit that smells bad but tastes great. The puzzle host gave the answer as blank. I am not sure that is correct. Durian is the fruit that smells bad but tastes great. Sonny. Jackfruit? Yeah, jackfruit. Jackfruit. I think it's interesting that of all the things that we have said incorrectly or mistaken, this particular jackfruit-durian controversy about a fruit that smells bad but tastes great, the most feedback we have ever received on a question. Well, you know
1: how everything has gotten so politicized That's right. these days. We're so... <laughs> it's a whole separate world if you're a jackfruit person. You read different news from That's the okay. durian people. You're in a bubble. You're in a jackfruit bubble. It's I understand weird. why you can't get out of it.
0: I unfollowed a lot of durian people, yeah, I'm just going to gonna say. You can't
1: even talk to them. They're I know. not even logical. They're
0: ridiculous. Yeah. We have so many more complaints, uh, but not enough time. I want to thank all of our listeners who share their thoughts about the show. Please keep sending us your complaints and corrections. Just send them to our email address, waitwait@npr.org. <laughs>
3: Ar-Chung, how did our contestants do? They both did great. Sunny, congratulations. You're one step closer to the final round.
0: Coming up, pick up the homophone because this word game is calling from inside the bellhouse. But first, let's check in with our contestants. Sunny, what's a word you often misuse?
2: Uh, I don't misuse very many words, but I am always second-guessing myself over phrases like bane of my existence and things like that, trying to make sure I'm getting that, it accurate. Yep,
0: okay, bane of my existence is a great one right now. <laughs> Scott, what's a word you often misuse? Uh, I heavily rely on autocorrect for a lot of stuff, mm. up texts and emails, so if I see that red squiggle, I just right-click in whatever is the first
1: word
3: that comes up. So, unfortunately, I spell wrong a lot. Uh, I type unfortunately a lot. And
0: <laughs> there's, it's usually... A... Your story is consistent. <laughs> so every answer in this game are two words or phrases that sound similar but are spelled differently. And our puzzle guru, Art Chung, is going to give us an example.
3: So if we said it's the cereal that's kid-tested, mother-approved, and the pumped-up item Foster the People sang about... You'd answer kicks, K-I-X, or K-I-C-K-S.
0: Sonny, you won the last game, so win this, and you'll go to the final round. Scott, you need to win this. I do. Yeah, <laughs> or something, unfortunately, will happen to you. Here we go. In this twee movie, Ellen Page is as cold to Michael Sarah as a winter's day is in this U.S. state capital. Scott. Juno. Juno is correct. Yes. The Queen of England uses this royal pronoun as her screen name when she plays video games on her gold-plated version of this console. Scott. PSP? It is incorrect. I'm just wondering, what, what's PSP. Uh, the PlayStation... Uh- PlayStation, what... Oh, portable. Portable. PlayStation Portable. She's
3: on the move. She's spry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Not what we were looking for. Sunny, do you know? No, I got nothing. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, Royal pronoun was the other part of the clue. We were looking for we, as in we or we. Yep, I know. She loves her majesty's Mario Kart. Kenny G loves to use his instrument to woo salespeople at this classic Fifth Avenue store. Scott. Sax. Sax is correct. You a Kenny G fan? I'm afraid to say anything about Kenny G because people will really write in. There's a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people really like Kenny G. Yeah. A book genre targeted towards women and a small square piece of gum... Targeted toward people of all gender identities. Sunny. Chicklet. Chicklet. Yes. It's a hit song for the band Devo, a shaky dog breed, and a small container of nitrous oxide. Sunny. Whip it. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Final question. The nickname of The British Broadcasting Corporation and the nickname of The Tween Idol with more Twitter followers than the population of his native Canada. Scott. BBC. Uh... BB.
1: JB.
4: <laughs>
1: Bieber fever. <laughs>
0: I do like a nickname that's longer. <laughs> I feel like that is the kind of rebel that I think you are, Scott. That is not the answer we're looking for, Sunny. The Beebs? Beebs?
3: Our our uh, judges say yes, so we'll accept Beebs. We're looking for a Beeb, but we'll take that. Puzzler Art Chung, how did our contestants do? It was a close game. Congratulations, Sunny! You've won both games, so you're moving on to the final round. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off
0: against Sunny in our final round at the end of the show. And grab your guitar and your go bag. Jonathan Colton has a music parody for "The End of Days." I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> like to say a quick thank you and share a message from one of our sponsors, Visit St. Pete Clearwater, dedicated to being a bastion of creative culture and natural wonder in what can be a derivative world. Offering spontaneous music on the beach, played by human musicians. Hosting Florida's largest pride festival and honoring the grouper, a deceptively fine fish. Also featuring rooftop cocktail bars, sugar white sand, emerald green water and hot orange sunsets. For more, check out VisitStPeteClearwater.com. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. Have you heard Up First? It's the morning news podcast from NPR. When news moves fast, it's the quick morning update on what happened and what you need to start the day. Wake up with Up First tomorrow morning by 6 a.m. Eastern Time on the NPR One app and wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thanks, Jonathan. Later in our show, comedian Kathleen Madigan will join us to play a game about life on the road. But first, it's time for a game we call The Wisdom of the Crowd. Puzzle Guru Archung, tell us about this concept.
3: Sure. The classic example of the wisdom of the crowd is having a large group of people estimate how many jelly beans there are in a jar. Even though some of them might have really way off guesses, when you take the average of everyone's guess, you find you're pretty close to the right answer.
0: Uh, that's an interesting concept. I can't think of any examples from history where a large group of people made a terrible decision. Um, LAUGHTER But joining us to test the wisdom of our crowd is another returning contestant, Andrew Kaufman. You're working on a PhD in food science. a matter of fact, I believe you've completed it.
4: I did this fall.
0: Welcome back to Ask Me Another.
4: Thank you very much. It's good to be back.
0: You are a very smart guy, Andrew. So in this game, you're going to decide whose wisdom you trust. A recent live audience that we pulled here at the Bell House or... Jonathan (laughs) Colton, Okay. who kind of, as a one-man house band, qualifies as a crowd. Basically, I'm a crowd. (laughs) Yes. People tell me that all the time. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. Jonathan Colton, according to a corn expert at Iowa State University, how many kernels are there on an average ear of corn?
1: Kernels on an average ear of corn? Mm -hmm. I'm going to figure out the surface area. Uh, Roughly, of a a cob of corn. All right. So circumference is uh, 2 pi r, say an average of an inch over the length of corn, which tapers, maybe an average of a a one-inch radius.
3: (laughs) Yeah. That's a pretty thin piece of corn.
1: Let's say an inch because it's going to make the math easier. Sure. So we're talking 2 pi r is going to be 6. Ear of corn is maybe 10 inches long, let's say. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, 60 inches Surface area, yeah. uh, Kernels per square inch, maybe a four by four, so (laughs) sixteen times sixty, so six hundred is nine hundred and sixty. Nine hundred and sixty. Nine hundred and sixty kernels. All right, on average.
0: That was brilliant math talked out loud. Okay, so Jonathan Colden says 960. Our audience thinks the answer is five hundred and six. Andrew, who is closer to the real answer? Jonathan or the crowd? Are we going prices rate right rules? Where without you can't go over? Just closest. Just... just closest. Yeah, you don't. I'm gonna throw... go with the audience. You're gonna say the audience was yeah. closer. Guess what? The answer is five seventy-five. The audience wow. was super close.
4: It's a smart crowd.
0: Yeah. Between 550 and 600 kernels on an average ear of corn, uh, says the assistant professor's an extension cropping systems specialist, I guess where they hang out and count corn kernels. Okay, Jonathan Colton, according to the website wordcounter.net, how many words are in Harry Potter books one through seven added together? Oh, that's a lot.
1: Ugh. All right, seven books. Yep. I haven't read any of these books. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, why are you so mad? We all get to decide what we read and don't read. So far.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Seven books. How long is one of these, one of these books? Maybe uh, 300 pages. More pages than 300 pages? 500 <laughs> pages. Uh, what is 250 pages a word... Uh, so that's what, uh, I'm totally lost. I'm going to say one and a half million words.
0: Jonathan Colton says one and a half million words. Our audience thinks the answer is 2,429,490,000.
1: not feeling so bad about my choices. And
0: 84. Andrew?
4: I'm going to go with Jonathan this time.
0: Yeah, you're right. Again, the answer is 1,084,170. Wow. Hey, I did okay. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even read the book. You did great. I love that our audience collectively said, two billion! <laughs> that's what they Ace wanted to builds. be. They were like, oh, we just wanted another two billion words. JK. Clearly, that's the only thing she abbreviated. <laughs> um... Jonathan Colden, what's the longest consecutive time anyone spent in space by number of days? Uh,
1: Just thinking in terms of order of magnitude, I don't know if anyone has stayed longer than a year. That's possible, but I can't recall specifically hearing of anybody who's stayed longer than a year. So I'm going to say a number of months. I'm going to say uh, nine months. Okay. Time enough to gestate a baby in
3: space. So how many days?
1: You're really going to make me multiply nine times 30?
3: Like, do you want if to you s- can. say, like, yeah, 270?
1: Yeah, I'm going to say 270. Okay, 270. Yeah, make it 275.
0: 275. Our audience thinks the answer is 404. Andrew, who's closer to the real answer, Jonathan or the crowd?
4: No, I'm thinking that it's possible someone stayed up longer than a year. So I think hmm. I'll go with the audience this time.
0: Yeah, that was correct again. It's actually 438 days. Valery Polyakov in Russia... I was up there for 438 days, uh, but no one noticed. Clearly. <laughs> okay, Andrew got them all right.
4: I appreciate your scientific method. Yes,
0: very good.
1: Thank you. I appreciate your being a scientist.
0: We are going to give you an Ask Me Another T-shirt and the shoes of a Mr. Potato Head that we found backstage. Oh
5: this is so exciting.
0: Andrew, thank you so much for thank helping you us so out.
5: Much.
0: It's the beginning of the end for our next two returning contestants who will play an apocalyptic music parody game. Let's say hello. First up, Kaya Lyons on buzzer number one. You're in the process of becoming a civil rights lawyer. Nice. Now, last time you were on the show, you were someone that was eliminated based on a mistake in a game where you had to name animals in the Chinese Zodiac. <laughs> yes. You said sheep, which we should mm-hmm. have accepted as correct.
3: We had it on our paper as goat, and that's how I learned it. So, but sheep is actually acceptable as well. So, Thank you for coming back.
4: Yes, I'm happy to be here. I'm a 1991 baby. So in the moment, I, I was confused because I had learned since kindergarten that I was here year of the sheep. Oh, you but, were born but, in the year that we said I, you were I not was. born in. I was. Um, but I also live in Chinatown in DC, so every day I walk past <laughs> <laughs> on the
0: ground. Oh, my God. It was like that question was built to taunt you.
4: It really was. It's been haunting me since November. Yeah. A lot of other things have, too, but that is especially. Yeah, special. really.
0: <laughs> Your opponent is Rob Martinez on buzzer number two. You work in digital marketing, and you're working on a show called Follow That Sommelier. Welcome, yeah. Thanks. This is a cool game, Follow That Sommelier.
1: Yeah, Follow That psalm. Uh Yeah, so we meet up with Somms around New York and talk to them about uh, varietals of wine and try not to make it boring. Okay. You know, Pinot Noir is the little black dress of wine. So, okay. So, you know, it's like you can wear it anywhere. Um, you can bring it to anything. I don't wear dresses. I do drink Pinot Noir. Um, LAUGHTER
0: I don't know why you had to, like, lay that out.
5: (laughs) All right, so are you a
0: fan of the Pinot Noir?
5: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: (laughs) Okay, remember, Kai and Rob, the first of you who wins two of our games, will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's go to your first game. Your first challenge is a music parody game called The Final Countdown. Jonathan Colton, take it away.
1: We've taken songs about endings and rewritten the lyrics to be about apocalyptic movies and TV shows. So just buzz in to name the movie or TV show that I'm singing about. And if you get it right, you can earn a bonus point by identifying the original song. You ready? Sure. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Contagious virus spreads across the land. Old society freaks. to wakes from a coma. Things sure changed in four weeks. Rob. 28 Days Later. Yeah, you got it. Do you know the song? (laughs) I do, but I can't can't think of it. Kaya, do you know what the song is?
4: There is no way I know that. Nope. Okay.
1: (laughs) So far, so good. (laughs) All Along the Watchtower. No worries. Feeling a little old right now. I was cleaning winter road. There's garbage all around the scene When I woke up this morning Found a seedling in healthy green I met a cute robot And I went with her to the mothership All the humans were so lazy They eat their dinners by the sip Kaya. Wally. Wally is correct. Do you know this song? No. Rob, do you know this song? No. I, know. I know it, but I just don't. You guys, know space it. aliens
4: in disguise? It was
1: 1999 by Prince.
4: Oh, damn. Prince. I know. I'm from Minneapolis. I should have known that. And Bob Dylan. I'm disgracing an entire city. It's okay. It's okay.
1: <laughs> Here's your next one. Thought we had a cancer cure But it killed almost everyone My dog and I live in New York Where hostile mutants hate the sun Though Charlton Heston also had The very same thing to deal with I'll use my blood to find a cure I won't give up cause I'm Will Smith Rob I am legend Yeah, that's right I hate to even ask, do you uh, know this it's song? 99 Red Balloons Yeah, that's balloons.
5: right
0: I just like the line live in New York where hostile mutants hate the sun. That yeah, was just like... like
1: Just like regular New York. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your next one It's the end of the world, ask a Mayan. There's tsunamis and earthquakes, no lion. It's the end of the world, ask a Mayan, or John Cusack.
4: Kaya. 2012?
1: 2012. 2012 is correct. Do you know the song?
4: It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine by R.E.M. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. correct. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I guess I don't have much ambition. Girlfriend is fed up with my way. Zombies roam tonight. I won't let them take goodbye. London hero on the rise.
4: Kaya. Is it The Walking Dead?
1: It is not The Walking Dead, I am sorry to say. Rob, do you know the answer? Shaun of the Dead? Shaun of the Dead, you got it. For a bonus point, do you know the song? I see the na-na-na, I know the... Yeah, you know how it goes, you can sing it. But I don't know the title.
4: Yeah, Kaya, do you know the song? Is it something like Bad Moon Rising?
1: It's exactly like that, Yeah. This is your last clue.
4: Cold War
1: time. (laughs) Russia's on the hotline. Got the doomsday device in gear. Kubrick time. It's true we're in the war room, but you can't fight here. Rob. Dr. Strangelove. Yeah, that's right. And it's closing time. It sure is. Well done. Archung, Chung, how'd they do?
3: Congratulations, Rob. You're one step closer to the final round.
0: Let's go to your next game, which is all about historical souvenirs.
4: Kaya, what's the kitschiest thing you own? I have a collection of President Barbies. What? I do. I do. Barbie runs for president every four years. I don't know if you guys knew this. No. And this year, there was a double ticket. Two females, president and vice president. And? And I own it. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> Rob, what is the kiddiest thing you own?
5: I have a life-size
1: dummy that I use for stunts. <laughs> <laughs> for, like, comedy stuff, you know, when we need, like, a... When we right. need a dummy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, you need something... That's why they
1: hired me, Rob. That's what I'm for. <laughs> <doing. laughs>
0: Contestants, as you know from experience, when you get kicked off this show, you are forced to exit through the gift shop where you can buy Ophir wigs, Joko bobbleheads, and Art Chung's signature underpants. (laughs) Known as
5: chundies.
0: (laughs) This game, however, is about gift shops at museums, libraries, and historical sites dedicated to famous people. I'll describe the doodads for sale. You have to identify the person the museum is dedicated to. Rob, you won the last game, so you win this, and you go right to the final round. Kaya, you need to win this, or you'll receive a parting gift of my husband's tiny spoon collection, which I have removed from our home without his knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. For under 10 euros, what classical composer's birthplace museum in Salzburg, Austria, sells a rubber ducky sporting a white wig? Rob. Mozart? Yeah, of course. Yeah. What civil rights leader inspired an institution in Atlanta, Georgia, where you can be inspired to buy a mug for $9.99 that features the same phrase written in a dozen languages, including yo tengo un sueno? Rob? Martin Luther King Jr.? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. The prairie shore does get cold at night. You're going to want to pick up this $50 sweatshirt that reads Walnut Grove, Minnesota in the gift shop of that town's museum dedicated to what author? <laughs> Kaya, I felt like you knew this one from the first sentence. <laughs> Saw your face. What do you got?
4: Laura Ingalls Wilder.
0: <laughs> that is correct. I've been there. You've been there.
4: I have been there. Yes. And And it's just a little house on the prairie. (laughs) It is just a little house on the prairie. (laughs) Are you a fan
0: of Anne Hathaway? Yeah, we mean the 16th century one, of course. For 12 pounds, you can buy a bottle of Anne Hathaway's Bath and Shower Creme at the Stratford-upon-Avon Museum, dedicated to what playwright? William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare is correct. Yes. This is your last clue. There's no place like Who's Museum in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, where you can buy for ten dollars and fifty cents plus tax a pair of ruby slipper earrings. Is it Judy Garland? Kaya is correct.
3: Judy Garland.
0: <laughs> Puzzle guru Archung, Chung had it. Our contestants
4: do.
3: Kaya, your Minnesota roots came in handy. You tied it up.
4: <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs>
3: We're tied one game apiece, so we're going to go to a quick game three. I'm going to give you a category, and you'll go back and forth, naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up by giving a wrong answer, repeating an answer, or taking too long will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. Name the 11 most expensive properties on a classic Monopoly board. Rob, you're first. Park Place. Park Place is correct. Kaya. Kaya.
4: The Reading Railroad.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, the railroads are not one of the most expensive properties. The remaining answers were Boardwalk, Pennsylvania Avenue, North Carolina Avenue, Pacific, Marvin Gardens, Ventnor, Atlantic, Illinois, Indiana, and Kentucky. I'm sorry, we're going to have to say goodbye to Kai again. <laughs> Rob, congratulations. You're moving on. It's settled. Our finalists are Sonny and
0: Rob. They'll face off in our final round at the end of the show. And Ask Me Another is hitting the road. We are going to give the Liberty Bell a new crack. That's right. We're headed to Philadelphia for a live show. We'll be at the Keswick Theatre on February 24th. Tickets and information on how to be a contestant at amatickets.org. Coming up Don't Get Mad Again, comedian Kathleen Madigan is here, and she'll play a game about life lessons learned as a touring comedian against a surprise opponent. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for Ask Me Another and the following message is brought to you by Blue Rider Press publisher of Chuck Klosterman 10, a highly specific, defiantly incomplete history of the early 21st century by cultural critic and journalist Chuck Klosterman. Chuck Klosterman 10 features essays on pop culture, ethics, sports, and politics with new footnotes and never-before-seen bonus material. Available wherever books are sold. Learn more at chuckklostermanauthor.com.
1: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. Soon we'll find out which of our contestants, Sunny or Rob, will be today's big winner. But first, it's time to welcome our special guest. She's a comedian who's on tour 300 days of the year. Her new Netflix special is called Bothering Jesus. Please welcome Kathleen Madigan. Kathleen, welcome to Ask Me Another. You know, we, you. we have a few things in common. You are one of seven kids. I'm actually one of six kids. So I want to know, what's it like to have that extra sibling?
2: Uh, well, that would be my youngest brother. Oh. Uh, yeah, St. Patrick, if you ask my mother. That's the problem. Like, he was born too long after the rest of us and can do no wrong. Like He could literally set the neighborhood on fire, and my mom would say, well, they shouldn't have parked there. And it's like, you know, it should be a group and then no more.
0: (laughs) So, you know, this is perfect because your family is a uh, huge source of material in your act do they come out to see you often? Oh,
2: yes! If there's a free ticket anywhere. Are you ca- like every special, but it's fun because they do participate.
0: So when they come to their, your shows afterwards, do they say oh, I really like that one about me, Kathleen you're such a superstar, are they supportive and lift you up? Oh, and- yeah.
2: There was one point I was going to do the Tonight Show and I, I told my dad, this whole set is kind of jokes about you and he was so excited. He, oh, I can't wait to tell everybody else and oh, oh, this is so exciting and at the last minute they said, you know what, the the Olympics are starting. Could you just do Olympic jokes? I said, sure. And I called. He goes, it's not going to be about me? And I go, no. Sorry, Jack. He was I've never seen anyone so devastated. He's like, well, can you get on there again after this <laughs> and then redo all those jokes? I mean, I've told everybody. How am I going to untell people? I go, you know, I don't, I don't know how you communicate at your age, <laughs> what goes on, but you need to send a pigeon out with a note. <laughs>
0: And tell people, it's not about you, Jack. It's not All about right. you. I love it. He was like, can you just get back on The Tonight Show and do the set about Dad?
2: Yeah, and I did. That's the crazy part. See? That's why Patrick will still be better than me, but I'm gaining on him.
0: <laughs> I'm gaining. Do any of your uh, other siblings of the other six go, you know, oh, Kathleen's very funny, but I'm the real comedian in oh, the Patrick. house. Patrick. Patrick. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. And he is funny. He is really funny. And he wrote one joke, and I did it on Letterman, and I will never hear the end of it, because I said, all right, I'll give you 50 bucks for that line. And he goes, all right, 50 bucks, but I want credit. I go, you don't get credit on Letterman, Pat. There's not a thing that says Kathleen Madigan's jokes are written by so-and-so. <laughs> and I've never lived it down that he's now the joke writer. Yes, right. Right. One, one joke out of 28 years. Sorry, Pat. That's not a job. <laughs>
0: Now, I don't have the numbers on this, but it feels like uh, comedians come from two places, Canada or the Midwest.
2: All right. All right. Midwest. Yay. St. Louis. Yay.
0: What do you think it is about the Midwest that produces such great comedy brains? (laughs)
2: Like we have an underdog attitude that makes us more observers rather than participants. Like people that are from cool cities are actually participating in their lives yeah. and we're just sitting there going why the fuck are we here like i don't i don't in st louis i'm like dad the arch it said it it was a gateway that meant to keep going it didn't mean get through the arch and sit your ass down like you're supposed to keep going i think we just never came from the cool spot so we're sort of an underdog mindset Literally more of an observer, I would say. Yeah, then, I mean
0: that's sort of how Canadians feel. Like we observe America and then we right. comment yes, on it. Yes,
2: yes. Yeah. As I used to say, it was Canada to me was like our attic. Like you forget <laughs> it's up there, but then when you get up there, you're like, wow, look at all this shit. I totally <laughs> there's people up there. There's there's cities. They're smarter than us. <laughs>
0: So you grew up in an Irish Catholic family, and your uh, latest special is called Bothering Jesus. So why why did you call it that?
2: Growing up in St. Louis, honestly, I thought being Catholic was being Christian. Until you go to the deep south in the States, and then they make it very clear to you, (laughs) those are not the same things. But it's not the words, it's the tone. When they'll go, well, are you Christian? And I go, well, I'm Catholic. And they're like, well, we're Christian now. I'm like, oh, okay, I thought we were on the same team, Team Jesus, but clearly I've joined a cult you don't approve of, which is fine. (laughs) But throughout the years, like, I didn't think there there are big differences. And like, my Christian friends, I was always shocked and amazed, a little bit envious of their direct relationship with Jesus, like, (laughs) Anything. Well the dryer broke, so I said a prayer to Jesus. I just unplugged it. I'm gonna give him two days. Maybe he's busy. I'm gonna see if he can get a miracle. I'm like as a Catholic my brain is like you you can't go to Jesus about the dryer. I mean No, in a Catholic school, I was given a laundry list of people to contact, but that's what the nun said, you're not to bother Jesus. I was not supposed to be bothering Jesus. You can speak to your guardian angel, he's sitting right here, Kathleen, all day long. Or or you can say a prayer to the saint in charge of whatever it is you're so upset about, Kathleen. You can even speak to Jesus' mother, say a Hail Mary, try to go to the back door to get the mother to pressure the son to do what you want. (laughs) But unless it was life or death, we were not to be bothering Jesus. And I still, to this day, like, I think, well, I'd really like, well, I can't speak to him. So that, <laughs> he's a CEO. That's the way it was presented. Somebody ate your lunch. You don't go to the CEO. You go to human resources with that. <laughs> There's a hierarchy here.
0: Ah, uh, Kathleen, we have so much more to talk about, about uh, your life. But I'm going to ask you right now, are you ready for an Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes, I am. Okay. Kathleen, we didn't want this to be easy on you. We recruited a surprise opponent to play against you in this game. And keeping in today's theme of returning contestants, please welcome back to Ask Me Another comedian Louis Black.
2: This is already not fair. It's already not fair. He went to Yale. I went to Edwardsville. I mean, come on.
5: I went to a drama school. Well, I'm like, it's like two steps above mime school. <laughs>
0: Jonathan Colton also went to Yale, just so you know. Oh,
2: my God. As it, a Midwest person, I seriously, I'm not even kidding. I thought those places were closed. I thought they were only in movies. Like, you might as well say, I went to Narnia, and I would <laughs> believe that.
1: It looks very, the architecture
5: is very similar, actually. Yeah, that's
2: what I feel like.
0: Lewis Black, welcome back to Ask Me Another. Now, you, Kathleen and Lewis, you've known each other for a long time. How long?
5: 25, 26. 25 yeah.
2: lifetimes.
5: Yeah.
0: Uh, tw- about 25 years. 25 years. Friends, that whole time.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't even know how, because we didn't have cell phones. I must have really given a crap to talk to him, because we had uh, yeah, yeah, pigeons and uh, our,
5: our letter car, our correspondence through letters. <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna dear happen. Lewis I've
2: contracted scurvy. I don't. I, I don't know if
0: the ship will make it to the new land. Now, Kathleen, I don't know if you know this, but when Lewis was on our show, he said that you were the person that helped him with the evolution of his act because when he was first uh, working on what we know as Lewis Black's signature style, you were the one that said it has to have modulations in different levels. You can't just be yelling all the time and really...
2: Well, it wasn't like... You probably could be... As a Midwest person, he's startling. Like, we don't talk like that. We don't act like that. I mean, we may, may agree or may think those things, but nobody just starts screaming. And he, he was like, yeah, all right.
0: Kathleen, has uh, Lewis Black ever given you any performance or, I don't know, writing advice?
2: Uh, yeah, he's given me good advice. I'm not sure that I uh, acted upon it, but... <laughs> I'm not comfortable with silence because I am not of the theater world I am not i started comedy in bars and there's drunks, and sometimes I do rush too much because I just want to go go yeah. laugh 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 and he's like they already you already have them. you should just like slow down, so I f- try, but <laughs> I mean you've seen it's probably not really working, but it's good <laughs> advice it's good advice if you can take it but
5: yeah my mother said uh uh, she's very funny. She talks too fast. That was what Mom had to say. And
2: then I say, "You got to keep up, Jeanette. <laughs> uh, it's not that fast."
0: No, you two travel together. You've toured all around the world. And Louis, you you do a cruise.
5: I did a cruise. You did a cruise. How many? You times? do that a couple of times. Couple
0: times. And Kathleen, you were on that cruise. Both of them. Both yeah. of them. So it's uh, it is clear that you've toured together throughout the world. Uh, so we have a quiz for you about life on the road. Buzz in to answer. The winner is going to receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and a 30-gallon drum of Purell. <laughs> okay. Here's your first question. What is the single dirtiest object in a hotel room when you're not in it? <laughs> Kathleen. Bedspread. Good. Answer, but not the dirtiest. Can you steal, Lewis?
5: The countertop in the bathroom.
0: Also a good answer. Both those things comparatively are fine. It's the rug, I bet. No, it's the remote control.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm not holding that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it's a problem is that the remote was found with the highest uh, amount of bacteria because one theory is that people go straight from the bathroom to the uh, television.
5: I That's, don't, I, That's one thing. Yeah. Just, no. <laughs> the whole concept of the, that that could be the dirtiest thing makes you wonder what they're doing with the remote. That's right. Sure does.
0: Here's your next question. What U.S. airport is the subject of numerous conspiracy theories <gasps> thanks to a prominently placed Freemason plaque, a series of mysterious underground tunnels, and a bizarre mural of you know featuring it. a soldier I know it. in a gas mask... Under a rainbow. I know exactly what it is.
2: Yes, Kathleen. He'll never get this. He's not a conspiracy. I drink boxes of wine and go deep in the internet. (laughs) This would be this would be Denver, Colorado. Yes. Yes! And I will update everyone, they took the gas mask painting out. But (laughs) check out the floors. (laughs) They forgot to fix the floors.
0: Which of these 24-7 restaurant franchises has the most locations? Is it Waffle House, Denny's, or
5: IHOP? Lewis. Waffle House.
0: That is correct. Yes. All right, so I have to say when I'm on the road, the restaurant that I am happy to see is um, Perkins. What do you like?
1: I like a P.F. Chang's.
0: Reliable? Reliable? Oh,
2: listen to Yale, grown-up. We talk, uh, it's a little we high were, class. We were I talking I IHOP Waffle House and you went P.F. Changs. <laughs> <laughs> but Lewis's real road love is Cracker Barrel.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that's, I'm, not, I'm also a big Cracker Barrel fan. Yeah.
2: Lewis has some furniture on his deck.
0: <laughs> got a couple of rocking chairs. Oh, I got some rocking.
2: Fancy yeah. New York apartment, but the deck is littered with Cracker Barrel.
0: <laughs> Final clue. What is the most popular car color in the world? Oh... Lewis. Oh.
2: Look at you thinking you know blue. this.
0: Blue? That is incorrect. <laughs> Kathleen, no! can you steal?
2: Yeah. They are. That's
5: my favorite
2: color! Well, Shorty sure <laughs> said, Shorty sure said that's not blue. Lou, no one has a blue bar.
0: That is yeah, also really. incorrect. Kathleen, no. can you steal? Brown.
2: Um, I'm gonna say black.
0: Black, incorrect. Lewis,
5: can you steal? Oh. Uh, green, blue, what? How many colors? Yellow?
2: Incorrect. No. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> This is from a man who doesn't own a
0: car. Uh, Kathleen, one white more... White is correct. Oh.
5: Boom! Boom!
0: It is the most popular color in the world.
3: Puzzleger Archung, how did our special guest do? Congratulations Kathleen, you won and ask me another Rubik's cube.
0: Thank you so much for coming, Lewis Black. And Lewis is on his Rant White and Blue tour. Kathleen Madigan's latest Netflix special is Bothering Jesus, and information on her Bothering Jesus tour is at KathleenMadigan.com. Give it up one more time for Kathleen Madigan and Lewis Black. <laughs> now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Sonny Farnsworth, who says that people who work in the sex toy industry are very friendly. And Rob Martinez, who owns a dummy that he throws off buildings for comedy.
3: (laughs) Puzzler Archung, take it away. Thanks, Ophira. Sunny and Rob, your final round is called Categories to the Letter. In this round, I'll give you a category and a letter. You tell us the only item in that category that has that letter in it. For example, if I said the only U.S. president's last name with the letter X, you'd answer Nixon. You only have a few seconds to give me that answer, and we're playing this round like a penalty shootout. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. Your prize is an Ask me of the Rubik's Cube signed by Kathleen Madigan and Lewis Black, and a spork that's been in Ophira's purse for two years. <laughs> we flipped a coin backstage, and Sunny is going first. Here we go. Sunny, it's the only chess piece with a letter A in it. Pawn. That is correct. Rob, the only US coin containing the letter K. Nickel. Correct. Sonny, the Great Lake with the letter T in it.
2: Um.
3: Three seconds. I'm sorry, we were looking for Ontario. Rob, a classic five-card poker hand with the letter Y. Three seconds. I'm sorry, we were looking for Royal Flush. Sonny, the zodiac sign with the letter M as in Mike. Gemini. Correct. Rob, the planet in our solar system with the letter C, and don't give us any of that dwarf planet garbage. Mercury. Correct. Sonny, Disney's Snow White dwarf with the letter F as in Foxtrot. Oh, God. Three seconds. These are tough. The answer was bashful. Rob, Santa's reindeer with the letter Z. We need an answer. Sorry, we were looking for Blitzen. In this tough game, we are at the halfway point, and the game is tied two points each. Sunny, one of the seven deadly sins with the letter W. Wrath. Correct. Rob, a current summer Olympic sport with the letter Q, as in Quidditch. Three seconds. We were looking for equestrian. Sunny, the African country with a letter J in it. Djibouti. Correct. Rob, you need to get this question right or Sunny wins. The Nobel gas with the letter X. Xenon. That is correct. We're on the last question for each of you. Sunny, if you get this right, you're a win. The only U.S. state containing the letter Z. Arizona. Correct. Congratulations. You're a winner.
0: Alright, that was an insane game Well done, both of you Congratulations, Sunny You're our big winner and that's our show. Ask Me Another's Puzzle Guru is Archung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou Jolt a Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Sean Kennedy, David Levinson, Wilk, and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzef, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern Toya Singh, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Akabe, and David Hurtgen. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm Haripe Begonias, Hope you're Eisenberg, and this was Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> Next time on Ask Me Another, Project Runway's Tim Gunn joins us to play a game inspired by his famous catchphrase, make it work.
1: Tim, I want to perform a popular dance where I shake my butt. Make it work. Yeah.
0: Listening audience, there are no words for me to describe what just happened. <laughs> Join me, Ophir Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.